You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded in Kingston, Ontario, Canada, at CFRC, 1019 FM, Queen's University Campus. Episode number 100, Taylor, we barely made it. Yeah, technical difficulties. Like in, in typical Screening in Kingston fashion, we almost didn't even make it to our own 100 episodes. So you are now on the phone. We've kind of done a makeshift uh, recording. We couldn't use the same way. I mean, it's not perfect not being in a studio, but we had it down where it was better. It was working. For a while. Yeah, and now uh, <laughs> today, 100th episode, nope, Taylor's got to be on the phone. we got to connect the phone to the computer, and here we are. Murphy's Law. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but we are at episode number 100. We have a lot Can to get through. I No, honestly, no. Um, I thought this was going to be done long, long ago, actually. Um, I can't believe we haven't got canceled in, like, cancel culture. You know? <laughs> oh, we're not that bad. Come on. We... <laughs> I know, I know, but everyone's so hyper-sensitive. Yeah. I'm surprised that... We haven't gotten into any trouble. Well, our fans, our fans, I think, are are like us in the sense that they understand uh, opinions, and they understand that that your opinion and my opinion doesn't have to affect their opinion. So there isn't as much controversial takes because it's like, well, that's like that's your opinion and might not agree with mine. So I think I think again, credit to the people who listen. I think everybody takes this as movie fans talking about movies, which is what both you and I wanted for the like a space yeah. for movie fans. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like even though culturally, yeah, we're at a point where there's a hypersensitivity, I think a lot of the people who contribute and ask questions and bring up topics kind of understand that this is all, this is an opinion-based thing. These We're two big movie fans who just love talking about film and everything that comes around it, and sometimes top, topics have to come up. So, you know, I think it, it makes sense that if, if everyone takes it like that, well, then we can't be canceled because they love us. Exactly. <laughs> it's all a good fun. Exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, we, we had a, as I said, we have so much to get to because we, uh, we had seven people write in to respond uh, to ask questions but also share their favorite moments. Um, I do want to quickly note, we had three other people fill out the form on our website, and that's... Kira, Erica, and Liz, but the forms were blank. Now, I don't know if that was an error on the website. I did email each of you, but if you're listening today and you haven't received an email, check your junk folder um, first, and then maybe just give us a quick email and, and fire it back. Because if you are wanted to ask questions or share something, I, I didn't actually get the information. It just came through as a blank form. I could see your name and email, but the actual form fillable part where you put in your question or your comment wasn't there. So I did I did email all three of you, but I wanted to give a quick shout out again, Erica, Kira, Liz. If if you can just email us again, we can do your questions next week. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, we won't didn't forget about you because I mean if those had come through we would have had ten, which is great. Um, but uh, but uh, alas, I, I don't know if it, I'm sure it was the website. The way, if it happened three times, it's not user error anymore. The website did something. <laughs> There's some sort of technology issue. We'll look into it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, before we get to fan questions, I thought we could just quickly share maybe our favorite moments from the past 99 episodes, and then we'll get to hear from our fans, and then we'll get into kind of our, our other main topic, which is the IMDb Internet Movie Database's top list of movies. Um, Taylor, do you want to share, what's, do you have a, a favorite moment or moments from our show? I think my two favorite moments, one of them is performing so poorly on our Oscar pool two mm-hmm. years in a row. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Not being in the top on, three either time. <laughs> very on brand for me. Um, and probably Erica calling me like a bumblebee person and still not really knowing what that means. Maybe that's um, what Erica was writing in because it is the same Erica. Who had written yeah. in the form fillable? So Erica, number, maybe let us know. Maybe yeah, maybe that's the definition of a bumblebee person. Is that what it was, bumblebee person? Something like I was like a bumble person or like a like a bumblebee. I don't know, but that was quite the you, that was quite the moment. And that was around you attacking Disney. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I asked for it. You did. You did. You can't. You can't attack the the big arm of the mouse. You know owns a lot of things out there. Maybe Erica's an employee. <laughs> oh, God. What, so what's your favorite? What was your favorite moment? You know, it's 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 hard because there's a lot of favorite... Like, I, I really liked all the fun things we were able to do with different th- themes into episodes. And I think yeah. always my favorite moments are where we we do something thematically and really dive deep into things because... On a normal week-to-week basis, even if we're each only reviewing one movie, with fan questions, and usually there's other stuff going on, you can only really talk about a movie on the surface for like a couple minutes without getting to spoilers. So yeah. whenever we could do a theme, and we could really dive into it, like all, all like the 90s, uh, the 1999 teen movie episode we did, all our Halloween episodes, where we can be like, spoilers don't matter, and we can really talk yeah. about it, I those are always my favorite moments, just because I'm a, I'm a cinephile i'm a movie geek i i love talking about movies so all those moments are great and of course like i don't know our, our fans to me bring new life to the show every time they write in um i know i love our fans yeah so like every time like and and i mean everybody not not just our our contributors who are who are constantly contacting us though they're great i mean like hearing from tyler every couple of weeks is amazing because he he always brings in something some sort of thought or some sort of way of looking at things that, that I didn't really think about. Um, and hearing from Nicole and Lily and, and all, all these fans constantly, but also the people who just pop in every once in a while. Like, it's, it's always nice to hear from a new fan. It's always nice to hear from someone who's been listening for a while. And to me, my energy goes up, even if I'm not feeling the episode at the beginning, the minute fan questions come in, because it really gets us going. Yeah, they're the the lifeblood of the show. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. And and that's kind of why we, we reached out to them and said, tell us your favorite moments and we'll talk about it. Um, I will so excited. S- I am. I, I'm really excited. And I will say a lot of people did get specific into certain areas and things. Now, I will say, as I started to look at clips, there's a few things, and we'll get to them. Uh, there's one from, from your friend, Nicole Taylor, that, uh, that she had a really great idea, um, but it's there's so much of it out there that I'm, I'm actually going to put little montages together. So we, we talked about a couple weeks ago, you and I, that we wanted to do some other things for our 100th episode. So just so everyone knows, here's a couple things that are happening. We're putting all our lists together. 
So every time that we we sit down and we're like, oh, here's a here's a Halloween list, and here's a Valentine's Day list, and here's our favorite movies of this whatever, we're going to put all that on the website this week. Chances are, by the time this podcast is out, some of it's already going to be there. So so go to screeningandkingston.com. I'm going to put everything under the why we love section, the like why we love movies. There'll be like a, a lists section that will be part of that. Um, so I'm going to do that this week, and I'm also going to put together a couple fan-requested montages that were too long to fit into this episode, and some of them are pretty hilarious. And Taylor, you're going to, uh, we'll get to them in the fan questions, but you're going to like some of these. Oh, I um, can't wait. Yeah, so I, I'm, people look out for that this week. All of it will be available on our website. Like, I'll just put a note out on our social media. And again, if you email us, I'll make sure to send out maybe one general email to everyone this week, just saying, okay, here's all the extra stuff. This is where you can find it. But you can just go to our website, screeningkingston.com, and check out all the extra stuff. All the goodies we'll put up uh, pretty much throughout the week. We'll just throw up different things throughout the week to kind of help celebrate the week that is 100 episodes. The fact that we made it. The fact that we made it. <laughs> and I guess Taylor's been afraid of being canceled. See, that wasn't my fear. Yeah. My fear has never been we'd be canceled because of something we said. My fear has always been we would just like lose time like fizzle yeah like we, we both have other things to do i know we both love movies but i guess i just never thought we'd have the like consistency to be like yeah every week we can talk about movies i mean it's easy to talk about movies but to sit down and dedicate the time and then i mean after you and i do the show i do the editing and got to submit it to get up on on the website and through cfrc and through the podcast so there's just so much that i i would have thought we would have just sort of been like ah, let's Let's forget about this. But we kept going, and the energy's strong, and people are listening. And as long as there's people out there listening, let's keep it going. <laughs> I, I agree. Let's keep this, this train chugging along. And the screening room's opening again, so. We'll have a lot more content. Yeah, and they really, and it, everyone should know that they have released their movie list. So you can go to the screening, screening room's website. And also you can go to our website and, and find the screening room information there. Uh, they've put out their schedule for, for this week for their big uh, return to letting people see movies. So there you go. We had thought, we had announced last week, we thought that they were going to open last week, but when they put out a, uh, an announcement that unfortunately due to delay they weren't opening, they didn't open last Friday, so they'll actually be opening this Friday, the 31st. Yeah, though. Yeah, this Friday is when uh, when they open, and they actually like. I, I mean, we won't won't have time to go through their full schedule, but a couple of the movies that they're uh, that they're playing, The Invisible Man, is is being played there. The last movie that that I reviewed, um, The Portrait of a Lady on a Fire, is coming back. That was the last one I reviewed before COVID. Emma is playing there as well. Yep. Um, they're doing a couple of classics: Casablanca, Clue. I don't know yeah, if you've seen Clue. I That yeah. would be a fun one. Clue, uh, Clue is a delightfully silly movie, but it's it's so much fun. Let's get into some fan questions. So uh, we reached out to everybody and asked, hey, what's your favorite moment? Some people wrote in moments. Some people just said congratulations. We'll read them all. Um, we're going to start with Ryan, 
who says, My favorite moment of the show is actually one I didn't even listen to until later. I joined your podcast by episode maybe three or four, um, and just recently I said, I don't think I've even ever heard the first episode. It randomly cuts to a commercial break in episode one, which is something you never did again. That made me laugh because you both talk about how big movie fans you are, but you don't pretend to be movie critics. It made me laugh to think about how this show has grown so much even since episode three when I joined, even though I didn't watch the, listen to the first two episodes. Congratulations on 100 episodes from Ryan. Well, thank you, Ryan. Um, Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, we did, uh, we did cut to commercial break episode one. Um, and it, it, you know, it, this is how things grow, right? Like you, you start when you're starting a project from the very beginning, you're learning about it and there's lots of growing pains. There's lots of things you're learning about. For, so really the first couple episodes of Screening Kingston, you know, we were still finding our footing, didn't 100% know where things were going and the structure came together pretty quickly. But that first episode, I remember because, um, when looking at other podcasts and especially other shows that were on CFRC, some shows would cut to commercial break in the middle. Some would put it at the beginning or the end. So um, I kind of originally was like, well, maybe we could have like a little commercial break in here. But then as we started to pre-record, even when we started to do live, like it really would cut into the flow. So we kind of just put any, um, any of the commercials or the PSAs that CFRC wants to play goes at the beginning or the end of the show now as opposed to in the middle. Yeah. So just, just grow. I didn't even, <laughs> I, I didn't even realize that it did. So episode one was weird because I interviewed Wendy for the first half of right. it and then you came and then like we pre-recorded a you and me chat in the second half of it to kind of introduce both of ourselves to... Yeah, and then you spliced it together. Exactly. And then I spliced it together and then episode two was the first true episode where you and I sat down and just like went through the whole thing. Right. So yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it was live. Yeah, yeah. We, um, which, I mean, that's interesting, Taylor. I mean, I, I, you hadn't done um, anything like that live before, have you? No. Yeah, and that, like, that was an experience, like doing, doing the show live. So we, we have the, and we still have the 3 o'clock slot on CFRC. So some people might be listening to the show at 3 on Tuesdays. Some we know listen to our podcast. Um, but when, when we were, you know, when we were not in quarantine, um, we were able to do the show live every once in a while. This was before your current job. And uh, that I thought that was a very fun experience. I really enjoyed um, the live aspect of it. I think we, I think it was goofy. Like when we were live, it was kind of goofy because we really were flying by the seat of our pants. Absolutely. Well, there's <laughs> zero <laughs> editing. Yeah, zero editing. I don't think way. so because the way we, the way I, you know, I mean, you know this, but we'll tell our fans the way we like to record our show is as straight through as possible. So you yeah. get a real conversation as opposed to sort of an edited. I don't want it to be too cold. I want it to be two big movie fans. And hey, if we make a mistake, if we forget a name, I'm not going to cut that out and splice in us saying the name. Um, you know, we're going to show that we're human. And yeah, I, I feel like the editing I have to do even now is very is very basic. It's just make sure our levels are okay, cut some little things here and there, trim it if needed. Um, but yeah, I, a lot of people might not have even realized that we did a huge chunk of shows that were live. And then a couple of months 
um, before uh, COVID happened, we were pr still pre-recording the show, um, but we weren't live anymore. Yeah, and it's because I changed jobs. Yeah, and you I changed wasn't jobs. Available yeah. to record live anymore. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's the story. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> fun to look back. Um, next yeah. question comes from Kristen. Um, who says, congratulations, Taylor and Mike, on episode number 100. For me, my favorite moments has to be when Taylor is ever forced to cast something. I always find it fun <laughs> to hear what she thinks about certain characters, especially because I haven't heard about half the characters, and, I, and sometimes I don't think Taylor has heard of them either. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my all-time favorite moment is when you had to cast each other. Um, when Mike picks Florence Pugh, um, and then when uh, Taylor picked what Net Mike now calls Skinny Jonah Hill or Fat Matt Damon. It was hilarious and a lot of fun. I love how much it comes up again. I'm hoping to hear more fan casts from both of you in the next 100 episodes. Congratulations again. Well, thank you, Kristen. Thanks. Um, yeah, that, I, I love the fan casting. Fan casting's fun. fun, yeah. And, and I like, I mean, we've done a few where we've concocted it, but I really like when the fans write in and just say... Have Taylor cast. I mean, I know that happened with X Men. Um, yeah. Austin was like, "Have her cast X Men." <laughs> so we did it. <laughs> and sometimes, I mean, you you have a general sense of who characters are. Like, you often have a general idea. Yeah, like it was more so um, when you had me cast them as a Marvel character. Yes. Some of that really was me guessing. And yet, you with, like, picked a lot of really like good. <laughs> On the nose casting. Yeah. <laughs> like I think I got Alison Brie. Yeah, who's actually or, like being talked about for the role. So I think it helps that I was really dialed into Tumblr for many years. Yeah. So I get like secondhand pop culture. I'm not really on Tumblr um, anymore, but for a while I was really dialed into fandom just by you know, scrolling through the images. Yeah. Um, and I knew enough about X-Men because I've seen the one from, like, the early 2000s. Sure. But I think it's more fun when you don't know... Like, when you had to cast Dracula, you don't know anything about Dracula. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Absolutely. Yeah, and right. and this is the first uh, montage that I'm going to put together. So I will release this uh, at some point on our website. It'll just be an, an audio file that has all of our moments of fan cast moments. Oh, so uh, that will be all together because we've each done a few of them. I know I've had to do Twilight um, yep. and and Dracula, as you mentioned. You've had to do the, the next phase of Marvel, uh, X-Men. And there was a few others, though, that I remember we've we've had you do. You'd have to go back to Marvel. Yeah. I'll be honest, I can't. Yeah, and I will. And that, so that's, that's, one of the, uh, that's one of the first montages that we're going to put together on the website. All of our fan cast stuff. So Kristen, look out for that, um, just because there's so much of them. And the conversation's really nice. I, I'm not just going to clip it together. I'm going to put the full conversations in there, so however long that ends up being. But hey, it's something fun. If you enjoy those moments, uh, it'll be there for you. Well. Uh, next comes from Lily, who says, First of all, I am speechless at being described as insightful in the screening in Kingston bingo card. I always love writing in, but I never know uh, if what I'm saying makes any sense. Um, but I was very moved to hear that. Um, 
I'm not sure if I can really pick a favorite moment. Your podcast is my week is in my weekly rotation while I clean my apartment. I always look forward to it coming on each Tuesday and randomly sometimes Wednesdays. And I think all I can say right now is well done for 100 episodes, and I look forward to writing in again. So that's from Lily. Oh, um, Lily. Hey, I, I, Tyler Vance was the one who put you down as insightful um, on the bingo card, and I don't disagree. I think, uh, Lily, you always bring uh, really, really thoughtful, insightful thoughts about the movies that, that you're watching. And, and there's a few times that you've, you've challenged us on things and you you've been trying to figure things out and I, re- I remember the discussion over um introducing someone to um Wes Anderson uh was something yeah. where you know you wrote back it explained more about what you meant about why you think it's a bit of a different m- type of movie and not everyone would like it and that I mean that changed my thinking about it because I never thought about it that way before I think what I really like about Lily's comments are tell she's a big movie fan, yeah. but her comments are always very respectful. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm not always very respectful. I, I would 100% agree with that. I don't like, like, you know, I, I give ScarJo a hard time. It, I, I, Lily, to me, would never be someone who would write in and say something mean about a movie. No, no, that's true. She's not going to tackle ScarJo in the same way you do or, yeah. or any of the movies that we don't like. <laughs> She's very civilized in her, um, with her comments, and I like that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. She's uh, she's always very respectful. Um, and again, it's it, I agree with what you just said about you can tell Lily's a big movie fan, and this is why we're here. This is what we were hoping from the beginning. Um, you know, we didn't get fan questions going till a couple episodes in, but as we developed uh, uh, fans, I feel like we're getting a, a group of movie fans together to just talk about movies, and that was the idea, and go back and forth. So, yeah, I'm, it's always nice to, to hear from people um, again, you know, people like Lily who write in every once in a while to, to kind of talk about a movie. And, and I really like that back and forth. It's great. Uh, next, uh, is from, I'm, I'm sorry if I get, I think the name is Racine. I think that's your name. Um, feel free to write in and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but Racine writes and says, um, I'm really, really happy I found this podcast. A friend introduced me to it only a couple weeks ago, but I'm trying my best to catch up. I'm not more than 12 episodes in yet, but I will get to all 100. I am now going to be listening each week. Thank you so much for this fun movie show. I hope to write in in the future, depending upon the types of movies uh, that you both like to review. So I guess my question for you is more around whether or not you are picky and choosy about the movies you review based upon your own personal interests, or if you have some other way of choosing the movies that you want to review each week. Sorry that I don't have anything else to say, but congratulations on 100 episodes. Um, so thank you, um, Racine, for that. Um, uh, yeah, we can answer that question. I mean, we talked a little bit about it before, but we, we really review anything um, that kind of piques our interest, but also, also is just kind of out there. Um, dur- during COVID, we've been kind of restricted to either whatever kind of comes out or what's on streaming. So that's been a little more, we'll just review it even if we don't really know what's going on. But I would say you and I are, are relatively good at, we'll, we'll review anything, even if it's kind of out of our normal movie-watching comfort zone. Um, I think we're both pretty good at watching really anything that comes up. 
So again, maybe a little bit of just, I know I, I, our fans often like to know kind of how, the kind of the behind the scenes of the show, and there's actually very little, like, for thought, um, very little planning, but one <laughs> our... Uh, I like it, very little planning. <laughs> very little planning, but the law, the kind of how we decide on the movies pre-COVID is we would take a, li- a look at what the screening room was offering, and sometimes we would take a look at what the Cineplex or um, uh, the other big theater... Landmark, uh, yeah. Landmark. Um, so we kind of see what what was on offer, and typically we would, you know, do bare minimum in the sense that you know we might know who the director is, we might know who the main actor is, we might know we might know the synopsis, and then based on what's being offered, Mike and I pick the movie that we're most interested in seeing. Yeah. But that interest doesn't necessarily mean that it's a movie we would typically see. It just sounds we just think, oh, that sounds interesting. And sometimes when a big movie comes, like you're saying, like, I, I don't know, Racine, if you're in Kingston or not, but we have three movie theaters here. So it kind of depends. Like, if a real big movie comes in, like, that's why we I re- wanted to review Hamilton a few weeks ago because everyone was talking about it. So might as well yeah. talk about what people are interested in. So sometimes that happens too. Sometimes it's, what what's the public interest right now? Let's talk about that. And sometimes there, there might be a slow week or a slow month for movies, and Mike and I end up picking the movie that um, we probably wouldn't see otherwise, but we had to go review a movie that week. Yeah, yeah. So that's, how, <laughs> that's how I got stuck seeing a Keira Knightley movie <laughs> one week. That does happen. <laughs> that that used to happen a lot where, where, you know, there was just nothing opening. There was nothing of interest opening, so you kind of get stuck. <laughs> it's like we picked the lesser of two Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so thank you uh, again, uh, Racine, and I'm glad you found our podcast. Yeah. Our, uh, so Josh is up next. Uh, he says, oh, hey, my favorite moment on the show so far, uh, excluding listening to Michael uh, have to announce weekly that I'm still writing in questions, would be the ongoing joke slash real feud regarding her smell. It's no joke. <laughs> Josh, it's not a joke. This her smell thing is going to be the the constant now that we're going to keep talking about. Remember at the beginning it was Mamma Mia two. Yeah. Every couple of weeks, Mamma Mia two would somehow come up again. I think because of fan questions. Now it's her smell. So it's maybe one weird. day her smell will be replaced. But yeah, uh, for the foreseeable future, her smell is the film that has a lot of feelings. Yeah, 100%. Um, And Josh does want us to know here that uh, there's quite a few questions here because it's the 100th episode, so it's time to get real with questions. Um, All right. So so we're just going to run right through these, Josh. Uh, So for both of us, he says, name a movie that you love but everyone else seems to hate. Hmm. I don't know. You go first. Well, Well, I, I... I seem to really like, uh, I don't know if people hate this movie, but but I really like Couples Retreat, and everyone else is kind of like, why? Why do you like, like, oh. well, like that's kind of like a meh movie at best. Um, and most people, I don't know if they necessarily hate it, but they're just more like, it's not that funny, it's not that great, like, it's just kind of okay. I don't know what it is about that movie, I just love it. Like, I could throw it on, and I can just watch Couples Retreat, and I just, like, really 
enjoy watching it. I guess so. I mean, maybe it's just because like I just find I like I think Vince Vaughn and Jason Bateman are hilarious, and them together is really funny. And I just found the concept of all these couples going to an island to try to like solve their marriage problems is is just hilarious and the things that happen to them and, and all the issues they go through. So yeah, I just I that that's definitely a movie that people kind of look at me strangely when I say that that I like it. I don't know if I like if a movie that people hate. Better, though. If it makes you feel better, Mike. Yeah. My mom really likes couples retreat. Well there you go. That does make me feel better. She's got great taste. It's a great film. Yeah. Oh, here's another one. I'm just looking at my movie collection that's behind me as we're recording. Bride Wars. The Kate Hudson and uh, Anne, Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Yeah, Bride Wars. Love that movie. No one really like, likes it. Kind of like weird. Cheesy, like, oh, it's cheesy rom-com. Oh, for sure. Really, like though. I don't like rom-coms that much. Like, oh, there's only a couple that I actually will enjoy, and those Apparently two. You like the bad ones. Yeah, I like the really bad ones because those two, I'm like, oh yeah, like throw on Bride Wars, and that's a good time. Um, my pick, like, I can't really think of movies that I, like, love that people, like, absolutely hate. There's more that you hate that people love, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> like that, to be honest, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that says, but I, there's a lot that come up that you are like, oh, I don't like this, but people really love it. Yeah. So I would say the movies that I really like, like, um, I love Jesus Christ Superstar, the rock opera from the 90s. 70s, mm. and I don't think it's that people um, hate that movie. I just feel like I only know like three other people who have seen it. <laughs> so, I think we had to watch um, it in religion class. If I probably, if I remember, yeah. <laughs> like if anyone went to Catholic school, you probably heard like um um uh what do they call that? Um, not a montage, but like a a, a medley. You yeah. probably oh, heard a medley probably. of those songs. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's my one pick, and then also um, Nicole likes this movie as well. We both Nicole and I both really like the movie Stigmata, and I like it like unironically. Like I just think it's a good movie, and I remember showing it to a couple friends maybe like two or three years ago, mm. and they <laughs> they were like, "Oh no, this movie's so goofy! Like it's so bad, it's good." And I was like. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't. I think maybe movies that like I I like movies maybe unironically and people think they're like goofy, whereas yeah. I'm like no, they're they're just good. They're just good. Yeah. No, I I I agree. I think that 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 happens more often because I don't know. I I find that people with movies, maybe it's just the people I know. No one really like outright necessarily hates a movie but it's just more like uh, it's not that good and I just wouldn't watch it again but like to yeah. me hate means like you like m how I feel about A Simple Favor is not something that I think a lot of people feel about movies where I'm like I think its existence is harmful um, I don't think people take movies as seriously so um, yeah. we've got uh, more from Josh here let me see just lost my spot oh, can you name three movies that every single person needs to see at one point in their life um, I know you don't agree with that mentality, 
Um, no. But, but I can say, I think there are some films that if you're interested in film in general, would be, would be essential to see in terms of like the craft of filmmaking, which might be a way to kind of answer that question. Because there are some films that were, were really well done and like really interesting cinematography and really well shot that might go on that. Because like to me, like I think, I, I really do believe like the two Godfather movies are something you should see as a, if you're a huge film fan. For the more, right, for that. I thought the first Godfather movie was so boring <laughs> I didn't even watch the second one. There's the other, there you go, the God, Godfather's a movie that you don't like that everyone else loves. <laughs> Godfather part one and two to me on a cinematic side are, are really worth watching and really worth diving into. Um, and and th like those two, I think, for me are up there. And just because I think everyone should should see it, I think Back to the Future. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, and I think it should be uh, should be seen for sure. I think, um, and I had mentioned this before, if someone was interested in learning um, like how to do like really beautiful cinematography, I think Cold War. Oh yeah, is a really beautiful example of really great cinematography. So if we're talking about just like technical. And I would even say um, The Lighthouse. I was about like, to say The Lighthouse. Learn, yeah. If you wanted to learn, like, mise-en-scene and, like, editing and, um, again, like, cinematography, I think The Lighthouse and The Cold War are two, and interestingly enough, both shot in black and white. Um, I think those are two films that would really help you learn the craft of filmmaking. Um, one movie that I think everyone should is um, bedazzled. Am I saying? It's, let me double check sometimes. Is that the Brendan Fraser one? No, the original one. Oh, the original bedazzled. Yeah. Yeah, the original bedazzled from nineteen sixty-seven. I think if you want to like see a really great example of comedy on film, that's a great movie. Um, oh gosh, and I had another movie that I wanted to reference, but I can't remember now, but, um, yeah. I think uh, The Count of Monte Cristo is some of the best storytelling on film. That's another one for me. If you, if you want to, like, really dive into how to tell a story, I think that, like, Count of Monte Cristo, Knives Out would be, like, Knives if Out's you, a good one for screenwriting. Yeah, screen for, like, screenwriting, um, yeah. Silence of the Lambs, yep. to me, like, from start to finish, a very expertly made film and like also a good example of adaptation. So I think, yeah, people should watch Silence of the Lamb. Yeah, that's, that, that's a great, <laughs> no, I think, I think that's a great one too. Um, his next question, what is the best feel good movie you've ever seen? Um, feel good movie, movie you just come out of and you're just like, I feel good. One of them for, for I mean, for me, I have a lot of movies that, I have like a lot of nostalgia for, so it makes me feel good for that reason. But it, for something more recent, because the, to take kind of nostalgia out of it, because I think some of the movies I would pick are like, well, I watched it a lot as a kid, or I remember, you know, good times around it, is actually Hamilton um, on Disney Plus because it's so well executed, and there's a lot of catchy moments that I kind of understand why people came out of it with such 
love for it. Um, even though I, I still think it has problems and I think it ends extremely weirdly, it still leaves you being like, wow, I have like all these songs stuck in my head and it's really like catchy and upbeat and interesting and dynamic and new. So I actually think that like a, a really recent feel-good experience is that. It's kind of like, what am I watching? But it's so spectacular that, that you, you can't help but uh, enjoy yourself. Mine would be The Princess Bride. That's a really good one. Just like from start to finish. And like, yes, I did watch it a lot growing up, but it's a movie that I can return to like all the time. And it just feels good. That's, that's really what you want, right? Like, not only does it feel good, but that's the other thing that's interesting about a feel-good movie. You, I think you need to be able to return to it again and again and again and still get a lot out of it. And Princess Bride's yeah. a great pick for that. That's fine. Um, okay, now he's got some questions for separated for us. Uh, for me, he says he'd like me to ask, what is the scariest movie you've ever seen? Um, I think... I think the scariest movie I've ever seen would still have to be The um, Exorcism of Emily Rose. Um, uh -huh. Because it jumps back and forth from the courtroom, it does such a good job of like giving you a break, which is where I find I get scared the most. It, it goes scene after scene of nothing happening to suddenly horror. And and it does the and it makes it so grounded and real that that's what makes me scared. It's like this this actually happened. Like this like that's and it, I think the movie does a really good job. And that's what makes for me that's that's what brings out fear. I I really don't get scared when it's something that's really fake or or I don't like. I just I I don't detach myself from the movie. But the Exorcism of Emily Rose did a really good job of like. Not only is this based on a true story, but like we're gonna we're gonna go through this courtroom sequence and jump back and forth as if like during it. Basically, it's a trial movie, which is interesting, and I, and I love courtroom movies. But they do it so well that you relax, and then the horror returns. So that that's got That's got to be. Blow you into a false sense of security. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Taylor, for you, he'd like to know. What have you have you watched the Disney biopic Walt before Mickey? No. You have not watched it. <laughs> no. Well, I'm wondering if he's thinking this will shift some of your Disney thoughts, or if because you're you're not really into Disney movies, are you not like into anything Disney at all? Yeah, like I don't. I would never actively seek out a dis like Disney. Stuff, if that makes sense. We should like, have a dissecting my... episode with you. We should like go through and dissect this. Your thoughts on Disney? I just, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's like a weird thing to ask. Like, if you like weren't a cat person, and then you ask, "Have you seen the new cat documentary on Netflix?" <laughs> Like, it's not on my radar. Why would I, why would I go to watch that? I yeah. haven't even heard of it. Explain yourself, Walt Josh. Before, <laughs> Explain Walt yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's so, called Walt um, Before Mickey. Yeah, I don't know. Shoot me. I don't actively seek out things that I'm not interested in. Well, that's fair. I don't know. That's fair. I don't know. Like, but there are times where things come to the screening room 
room, like dog countries come to the screening room where it might not necessarily be my interest, but it looks like an interesting documentary. Like, I would watch that. Yeah. But again, like, no. You're not going to actively at home seek out something like that. No. No. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Josh's last question is for both of us. If you, and this is an interesting one. If you were to write a movie script, who would you? Who would be your first choice to direct that movie? Okay, Josh the Inquisitor. Um, who? So I. I mean Taylor. I. I. I'm gonna hazard a guess at who. Who would you want to direct your movie script? W- would it be Wes Anderson? Probably not because really, that's what I, I thought you would want to like write in Wes Anderson style and like work with him and do that. My best friend Aaron Schurz and I one summer started a screenplay, and believe it or not, it was actually like in the style of Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, <laughs> so I, I wouldn't, and if you know, if I was to make a movie. Most likely, I would make, like, a horror movie. Right. So, like, my dream, my absolute dream is to remake The Collector, which is a horror film from the 60s, and, like, Wes Anderson wouldn't direct that. No. You know what I mean? No, it's not in his wheelhouse at all. Yeah. So, I'm not, again, this might come, this shouldn't come as a surprise, to um, our listeners, I actually don't really follow directors, like, a ton, um, and I can't really think of a, like, whoever directed Wet Hot American Summer, I don't even know who that was, they could direct my beach movie <laughs> that I was writing. This is a beach movie um, you were writing, yes. Yeah, and I think for, um, like, I would want to work with one of the new directors that are working in horror right now to remake, if I was to remake The Collector. Um, like, whether it be the guy who did The Witch or The Lighthouse, or um, that would probably be my only pick. Because I wouldn't want to work with the guy from Hereditary, because we... No. I, I don't, <laughs> you don't like click. him. <laughs> I don't like his decision. You really do not. <laughs> Yeah. Or like a new, like a director that hasn't even been discovered yet. Yeah. So yes, contrary to my brand, I actually probably wouldn't, because I would never like write necessarily a screenplay that would exist in Wes Anderson's world. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it for for me, I I want to actually answer this as realistically as possible too, because of like what what type of script would I write, and what would yeah. I be like if I had one opportunity, what would it be? And and I actually feel like I would take the safe route, and I would write a real like you know character driven indie film, and I would I would actually really want an indie director to to work on it with me because if they're if they're fun and they can bring a lot so like someone like maybe Zach Braff who bring Oh, I was thinking Bo. Yeah, oh, oh, oh yeah, Bo Burn, absolutely. Too. Yeah, e- either one of them because they would bring they would bring comedy and they would bring their own energy to it. That both either of them would be fantastic. Like that's how I want to start 
is I want to work with, yeah, Bo would be fantastic. Like he, that would be, that would be incredible. Um, but either him or Zach Braff would be, would be my choice because I'd want to like start from there and grow. Cause Hey, I, I would love like there's, um, Alan Poole and Anthony Hemingway, who were two of the main directors from a really good TV show called The Newsroom that I loved, who worked with Aaron Sorkin and that, you know, that type of thing. I'd love to work with directors like that eventually, but I feel like you have to move up because, um, like, I'd love to work with Spike Lee too, but it's not good. It would, you know, it would, as a first go, I think you want to work with someone who can really craft with you because directors really do take scripts and do something with it, right? Like, writing. Writing in Hollywood is, is they say it's one of the least powerful positions. So I, I'd really want to be with someone who who can do indie really well and who can bring things that I really want them to bring and then work my way up to here's a solid script after years of work, hand it over to Spike Lee and say, go for it. You know, like it's that type of, I'd want that sort of growth. Um, next question comes from Nicole who says, hi, Taylor and Mike. So enjoying listening uh, to you both chat about movies every week. Happy 100th episode. My favorite episode so far has been the episode on Taylor Swift and Miss Americana because it didn't seem uh, like any of the, quote, critics watched the same movie as we did. A friendly reminder, Miss Swift ought to stick to her strengths and documentary filmmaking about politics and white feminism is not one of them. Did critics love this movie? I can't remember. Nicole's yeah, making it seem like, like it did. Okay. They, 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 at least in the reviews I read. Okay. It, again, a little background for the show, for some of our listeners. We tend to not read reviews before going on um, air. Yeah. Um, or we try to kind of like minimize our research in a way so that our opinions are pretty um, untainted. But I remember going ahead and... Um, I did read some reviews about the documentary just because I was interested to see how it was being received. And most of the interviews were, or sorry, most of the reviews were really praising her for like her character growth and like her politics. It was not that good. It was, (laughs) she was so brave. She was so brave. And I was like, whatever. That was an instance where I felt like I was taking crazy pills. Yeah, that's another crazy pills moment. Yeah. I'm like, if that, like, she did, like, 5% character growth, and we're praising her for that, where it's like, I saw it, um, uh, Lady Gaga's recent documentary did a much better job of, like, the things that they were praising Taylor Swift for. Like, yeah. So I was kind of... Like, I've, I've enjoyed Lady Gaga's music, but I wasn't really sold on her persona. And I didn't necessarily come out liking Lady Gaga more from her documentary, but I certainly understood her better. Yeah. And thought it was a well-crafted documentary. documentary. Whereas, with Taylor Swift's movie, it was just Taylor Swift's propaganda. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. 100%. Oh, I'm with Nicole. Um, yeah, I don't think they watched it, or if they did... Yeah. She must have paid them. Yeah, they they took some bribes. Um, So Nicole's got a favorite moment from each of us. So she's got, uh, my favorite Mike moments are comprised as every time he hates on a simple favor. Just thinking of Blake Lively's character's random glove glove collection grinds my gears, so I feel you. Um, I want to come back to this comment in a second. My favorite Taylor moments are every time she talks about Nicolas Cage. 
Also, every time Mike passionately brings up superheroes, space movies, or Star Trek, and Taylor dot 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 is not sold. <laughs> also, we need a reel of every time you two forget about an actor or director's name. <laughs> um, so, so Nicole, that's actually what I'm going to do. Um, I started to go through because I thought, oh, in the episode, we can insert random moments of us forgetting. There's too many of them, Taylor. Um, back to like episode, every episode. Just review the last hundred episodes. Yeah. of us either mispronouncing a name, forgetting a name, or mixing up two people. It's already over 10 minutes long as I started to cut it together. So I'm going to put it up. Uh, so Nicole, just so you know, just like uh, the suggestion from Kristen, this will also be added as a separate file. We'll have like, here's our lists. Here's our casting. Here's our, you know, here's our moments where we forget people's names. Um, I do want to quickly jump on the, the simple favor thing. So I don't, I, here's some of the other pain of, of, of this movie. I, I saw it with, with three uh, well, I'll say women, and they loved this movie. Yeah, and they liked it a lot. Really got kind of mad at me for my comments about this piece of garbage film. Um, so, Nicole, you have no idea how nice it is just to he just to read the "So I Feel You" Mike comment. Like, I'm literally gonna save that. And just every time I get mad about a simple favor, I'm going to reread your email because that, that gives me some relief. Um, because, I again, I thought I was taking crazy pills with this nonsensical movie. No, you're not alone. And I like Paul oh, Feig. I have no problem with Paul Feig as a director and, and filmmaker. And I Blake Lively, no problem. Anna Kendrick, no problem. Just, like, make better movies. Um <laughs> Uh, but thank you, I Nicole. Like Anna, I don't like Anna Kendrick. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Is this another ScarJo like thing? That. Yeah, like, I don't... What's wrong with Anna like, Kendrick? I, she, like, does this shtick where she's like, I'm kind of awkward, oh, but I'm funny. And it's like, it doesn't work for me. Well, when she played Santa's daughter in Noel, it was different. She's a very different <laughs> character. Okay, watched it on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Noelle, she's Santa's daughter. <laughs> there you go. And I think Bill Hader's in the movie. Yes, Bill Hader's the son, and he goes missing. It's really fun. Um, <laughs> next question comes from uh, Kathy, who says, Congratulations, Taylor and Mike. What a great achievement. Uh, 100 episodes, well done. One of my favorite episodes are the ones that you had screening room owner Wendy on the show. It was fun to hear about what it's like running a movie theater Signed, Kathy, fan of all 100 episodes. Well, thank you very much. Um, yeah, when, Wendy's been a fantastic guest. We like having her. It, it's been great to have her come back a couple times. Like, it's been really nice. Um, you know, we, we should really give a quick shout-out to all our guests, hosts who have come on. Um, yeah. They've all been great. Wendy's been great. Uh, Matt Salton, uh, who runs the Reel Out Film Festival here in Kingston, he's guest hosted. He was a lot of fun to have on, um, and we were able, I broke down uh, broke down some Marvel stuff with him uh, as he comes to all my what used to be my big movie nights where I got fifteen people together to see movies. Not going to do that anymore. Um, ben Charland, uh, who was a great guest host, uh, my my friend Andrew, uh, who's come on quite a few times actually to to help host. Um, and him and I have done a couple special episodes. 
Um, I, I don't Tyler. want to forget people. Tyler, yes, of course, Tyler for Star Trek episodes. We've had Nicole on the show as well. Nicole yes, came our on. Tiff correspondence. Yes, yeah, we needed our Tiff correspondence, and Tyler, of course, came on for several Star Trek conversations. Um, another great guest host uh, that we've had. I think that's everybody. Uh, I know because I know Andrew and and Ben um, and Matt's been on and Wendy and Nicole and Tyler. But I think I think that's everyone who we've had on for a full episode. Um, but hey, write me at me if I'm wrong, and I will 100. Well, and Ashton were on, but they weren't really co-hosts. No, they were they more were they were more guests to talk about their experiences with. With that, uh, with the streaming stuff, he did. So that's more guests. I guess Nicole would fall under a guest because we brought her in. Um, whereas Tyler co-hosted with me um, one time when you were away doing something. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, I think we've had a lot of amazing people on the show, and hopefully that keeps up. You know why I like having Wendy on the show because the pressure is off us as someone who actually knows. We can just sit back and let her go and just ask a question every once in a while. She makes us look smart. Absolutely. Yeah, she's always been great. Honestly, that's yeah. why that's why I you have anyone on the show. Makes us look great. You know, just let them go. Oh yeah, there were there were times where you could just let Matt Salton go on a rant and we just sit back. Just <laughs> like he's got it. He knows what he's talking about. He's got this. Just go. Um, last uh, last comment from our fans comes from Tyler. I left this last because he leads us right into our IMDb talk. So Tyler writes in and says, Dear Taylor and Mike, uh, it was a sunny October afternoon in 2018. I was sitting at the Works Burger restaurant at the corner of Clergy and Princess. I don't remember what burger I ate or if I liked it because I was too busy being grumpy at two voices in my headphones that were <laughs> dunking on the indie darling Ethan Hawke due to his negative comments about the MCU. Jumped forward almost two years and I'm still listening to the Sioux same voices as they continue to dunk on cinematic icons and masterpieces that I adore. What fun. There's been so many highlights over the past 100 episodes that it would be hard to just choose one. I could go selfish route and pick the moment where I got to participate in the show uh, by, by either email or as the Star Trek correspondent. You both have been so giving with your time and your platform that even uh, choosing from amongst these selfish moments would be difficult. Seriously, thank you for being accommodating to your fans. These shows have been highlights in some otherwise stressful times. Less selfishly, I could go into episodes that features Taylor's passionate champion of the farewell, or the one where Mike's equally passionate loathing of a simple favor. That seems to be a lot of people's favorites. <laughs> um, I could go... Um, with your dedication to reading emails on air, even ones that aggressively question you on everything from your supposedly sexist stance on women in cinema to who do you think you are. Um, but my favorite moment in all of, of screening Kingston has to be Taylor's final rating of Midsummer, which was, and I quote, go see it, but know that I hated it. I want Taylor to know that even though I'm watching Midsummer and enjoying it, that quote rattles in my head. <laughs> Congratulations on 100 episodes. Here's to another 100 afterwards. Sincerely, Tiger, Bergen, Berger, and Ethan Hawke enthusiast for life, Vance. Uh, P.S. And he has a thing about IMDb, which we'll get to in a second. Um, yeah, you, <laughs> that, that, is, that goes into your confusing rating system, Taylor. Uh, 
where <laughs> Midsummer for you was go see it, but know that I hate it. <laughs> you just have to like. If only everyone could just be in my brain, then it would make sense. Well, we're, the world would be a lot simpler if we could be in everyone's brains. Like obviously, <laughs> um, yeah. I know a lot of people really do like uh, like the moments where you're confusing or I hate the, a simple favor. Um, I guess just because we're passionate about our feelings. People respond to passion. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that he brings up <laughs> that we read every email, even the ones that question us. Like, I, I do remember now, I, I didn't actually remember until he said it about the, the sexist stance on women. I remember someone calling us sexist. Um, yeah. I remember that. Who do you think you are? Was that the... I, I'm, I get confused. Did we get who do you think you are? Or did we get... What business do you... I can't remember. I'll have I to go back and find two, that. We got two separate emails. And this was near the beginning of our... I think it was in the first year okay. of our show. One of them was, who do you think you are? I'm pretty sure. And then another one was like, where do you get off? Where do you get off? That was it, yeah. But that was it. There was no context. Or, and I think we might have even got like a how dare you. But like <laughs> along, along those lines. And there were two of them. And they were from two different people. And they never wrote back in, as far as we know, unless they used a different name, and they never elaborated. So we don't even know what they took offense to. They definitely haven't written in before. Okay, yeah, unless they've changed their name or whatever. But those names I don't think have ever come up again. So, no, I have no idea what they were in reference to. I know Josh jokingly asked us, said, how dare you, who do you think you are to us? But I think we even talked about how he doesn't realize that we've actually received questions like that. Um, genuine. Yeah, genuine ones. Like Josh actually <laughs> likes our show. Other people don't. But yeah, I, I, and I remember that the us being sexist thing came up not too long ago. That was within. That was within Pre-COVID, this year. Just yeah, before, just before COVID. Just before yeah. COVID. I think the best part of those early comments were that yeah, we're just we're just like a little immature community radio show, and they got riled up enough. To write an email. I wish I knew that. about what, though. You know, I wish I knew what we did <laughs> to get them so riled up. And and I agree with you. Like we're we're just a, a two two movie fans just having some fun talking about movies. Um, and they were so mad at us. <laughs> I'll have to go back and try to find those uh, moments. Um, but yeah, and thank you, Tyler, for always writing in. You're, you're always great to hear from uh, your, your thoughts on everything, not just Star Trek. It's just I don't get a chance to talk about Star Trek with a lot of people. So I use Tyler for all my Star Trek outlets. Um, and he, he's nice enough to accommodate my ramblings. Um, but you, you, it's always great to hear from you, Tyler. So thank you for writing in, and we hope you keep doing it. So yeah. he, he, um, he ended his email with saying, Really, IMDb? The Shawshank Redemption is the best movie ever made? Really? So that leaves us right into what will be the final part of our show here, is we're going to, um, you're going to dive into to IMDb. And if, if you're listening to our podcast, you're going to notice that today's episode's a little longer. If you're listening to CFRC, uh, you probably have now had to find this because the CFRC episode is over. So if you were listening to CFRC, this is your moment to join back in um, 
and this is where you can you can get new content because this IMDb stuff we're kind of doing just for our podcast. But that was the fun thing we thought we'd do is go through the top movies on IMDb and talk about our feelings on them because these are also rated by fans. These are people who love these movies who are rating them randomly. Um, do you have an IMDb account, Taylor? Not that I'm aware of. Like, I might have made one in high school. Okay. Um, but I don't have a current one, and I certainly don't use it to rank anything. I, I have one, and I use it to rank, and I also have an IMDb credit. So that's kind of a fun little thing you can find. I am. I, I, oh. was, in, I was in one movie um, that Crimson is credited. Peak? Sorry? Crimson Peak? No, I wasn't in Crimson Peak. Um, I, uh, I was actually in a little film that someone in Kingston did. And I actually had a part in it. Like, I wasn't a, I wasn't a background, um, which you would have been in Crimson Peak. I, I had a part. I had a speaking part in it, and it went to a couple festivals. I've actually filmed two movies. I've been in two movies. Um, both Mr. Star. Yeah, Mr. Star. One, one of them went to, to uh, the, and the one that's credited, it's called um, Shadow Nation. And it went to some festivals and stuff, and it's on there. And then the other one I did, I don't know if it ever came out. Like, they went into editing two years ago, and I heard from them, like, around Christmas this past year that they were still working on it and were going to put it into film circuits, but but later. So it, we finished filming that, like, three or four years ago. So um, I'm actually in two movies that I have speaking roles in. So fun, fun fact. Um Let's dive into this list. So, yeah, as, as Tyler says, to get it, The Shawshank Redemption from 1994 is ranked number one with an average score of 9.2 out of 10. So Shawshank takes the number one spot. What are your thoughts, Taylor? To me, it's like, I think I've only seen it once. It might have been in school. It was like an okay movie, but it just reminds me of like these very, um, just like very... Polish, like Steven Spielberg movies that came out in the 90s. Yeah, it's a very like, 90s movie. Feel, yeah, kind of feels like the Green Bark, but like it makes more sense in the context of 94. Yeah. Um, I think it's like a fine movie, but like, do I think it's number one out of like a hundred movies? Would this be my pick? No. No, and even no. like, I think my, my rating of People Care was an 8 out of 10. Um, but yeah, 9.2 is the average and it's the highest. And I mean, Shawshank, yeah, I think I, I kind of agree with you. Like I enjoy the movie. I think it's, I think it's well done, but is it, is it the best movie of all time? No. Like, are you telling me it's better than Gladiator? According to this, it's several spots better than Gladiator. But like, like, like to me, Gladiator is a better movie than Oh, and I'll even say, like, I'll, I'll bring up another movie of that era that's a Spielberg movie of, like, I think The Green Mile is a better movie than Shawshank Redemption is. Like, I, I think there are several movies um, that are better than Shawshank that came out in and around the same time. So, I, no, I agree with I you. And I should rephrase, I don't even think Gladiator should be, like, number one. No. But if we're, like, comparing, like, movies of, like... Gladiator's like, better than like, Shawshank, for sure. No. So it's crazy that Shawshank's number one on this list. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to run through a couple, uh, do this in chunks, so we're not here for six hours, and then we'll kind of give our comments. So so number one is Shawshank Redemption. Number two, The Godfather. Number three, The Godfather Part Two. Number four, The Dark. I already know my feelings. Oh, we God, do. 
<laughs> we do. Number four, The Dark Knight, and number five, 12 Angry Men from 1957. So all of those, so, so Godfather, Godfather Part 2, 9.1 and 9, respectively. The Dark Knight, average score of 9, 12 Angry Men, 8.9. So that's your top five. Shawshank Redemption, The Godfather, Godfather Part 2, Dark Knight, 12 Angry Men. We already know Taylor was bored by The Godfather, never saw Godfather Part 2. I think they're good movies. I think they deserve to be near the top. They're in the top 10 list for me of any of any list. But I, I mean, not I don't know about two would be in my top 10. No, not, even the, not even the Dark Knight. You can't respect the Dark Knight for what it for what it did outside of can the I, realm of I, superhero. Can I give you a, a shocker? I probably won't I even have, be shocked. I have not seen the Dark Knight. You you uh, you what? <laughs> Never mind. I am shocked. How have I've you seen the what? one with Bane? That's the Dark Knight I Rises. <laughs> it's the one after. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only one of the trilogy I've seen. Oh. All right. Well, so far, this is... Uh, have you seen 12 Angry Men? No. It's good. That's, that's, a, that's a really good... If, if people are looking for like a classic, a movie from, from way back to kind of see how film has changed and to kind of study things, 12 Angry Men would, would be a good one to, to watch for sure. Okay, well... I can't believe like if we're going to pick... Like, I can't believe that 12 Angry Men made the so, and I'm going to remind fans that we talked about this last week, but Taylor is, is hearing this for the first time, right? Like, you didn't look, you yeah. said you weren't going no. to. Okay. Yeah, Taylor's hearing this for the first time. So, we're really getting Taylor, my, like, off the cusp. These are my hot takes. Absolutely. And so far, these takes are steaming. Um, I don't. Yeah, we might get canceled after this. I mean, I don't know when angry movie fans are going to call I'm that in. Meme. I'm that meme. How can you say something so so great, so controversial. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's that's your top five. I'll, I'll rattle through the next few. So number six is Schindler's List from 1993. <laughs> oh my god. Number seven, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. You've seen that. Yeah, but why is the third one? I don't know, but the third one is third one is ranked number seven. Pulp Fiction is eight. Number number nine, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly from 1966, and number 10, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Now, the list I'm looking at is different than yours. What are you on? I'm on top rated from rankings, IMD rankings list. Oh, I'm looking at IMDb editors. Oh. Top 100 movies bucket list. So oh. far, everything was the same until you got to number nine. Just go to top rated movies, because this, this takes everyone into, this is like the editors plus all the fans. Okay. So top rated movies. Yeah, because to, to me, the, like to, to me, the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, is the best of the three Lord of the Rings movies. I think the first one's the best. I really like it. I think it deserves to be on this list. Schindler's List, same thing. I think it's an, another really good movie. Yeah, I, I mean, Pulp Fiction, I really enjoyed, but I don't, I don't think I would put it this high on a list like this. Um, I have not seen The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Um, it, like, again, like, if we're picking Westerns, like, this would not be the Western that I would say is, like, best. No, I, I, could, I, could name, I could name a bunch of other Westerns that I would watch before that, so for sure. it's weird, like, it's like a, this is another movie I fell asleep while watching, and then 
can and I washed it again and I stayed up. No. It's okay. But, like, there's other westerns I would put before this one. So, yeah, weird. I have weird, a feeling that uh, we're already seeing what going through this list is going to be like, which is... Oh. Painful. <laughs> yeah, painful. Number 11, Fight Club. Number 12, Forrest Gump. Number 13, Inception. 14, Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. 15, The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. 16, The Matrix. 17, Goodfellows. 18, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. 19, Seven Samurai. And 27, the 1995 movie with Brad Pitt. Um, I mean, this to I'm me... Gonna say, I'm going to say something controversial. Go ahead. This feels like... Like a movie bros top list. So, no, that, that's actually exactly what I was kind of going to say, but not movie bros. I was going to say, this is where you start getting into fandom. Christopher Nolan fans, the Matrix fans, Star Wars fans, are massive groups of people who, who love their movies no matter what. So I do think it gets bumped up because of that. Like I do think Inception, which I think is a great movie, but I think it gets bumped up because of Christopher Nolan fans. Like I do think that I, that fandom around it can really el- like really elevates these movies. Yeah, I already don't agree with you. Sorry, <laughs> my dog's barking. No, that's here. okay. Hey, that's that's fine. This is the podcast. Um, yeah, I I mean I think I've seen most of these. Like I I again I like most of these movies. It would be really tough because movies are are so it's so entertainment driven, so personal to kind of compare a list that I would put together but even if I was just about like quality and in in cinema creation and storytelling and all those things I don't know if I'd have some of these on here um I do think star like if you're going to pick a Star Wars movie The Empire Strikes Back is the best one so I think it being the first Star Wars movie makes sense to me um all three Lord of the Rings being up here I don't think so I think the two towers felt rushed to me um I really think the Fellowship of the Ring was was better than than the third one. Um, those are just some of my thoughts. I, I like Goodfellas. I, I think it's another movie that I really like, but I don't know if I would rewatch a million times. No, like that to me is just like I'm so, like how is Goodfellas above Scarface? Oh yeah, that's the thing. So we haven't seen a Hitchcock movie yet, have we? No, I don't think so. Haven't no, no Scarface, no Hitchcock movie. Um, <laughs> I even though so I'm starting to look ahead here. So 20 was was 7. 21 Life is Beautiful. 22 City of God, which is a movie I've not seen. Uh 23 Silence of the Lambs, which I think should be higher. 24 yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. 25 is Hamilton. <laughs> the 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 Disney Plus released Hamilton it has moved all the way to 25 on the list because of how high people are ranking it. People on average are ranking it higher, technically, than Star Wars A New Hope, like the first Star Wars movie. Spirited Away, 28. So again, Spirited Away would be a movie I would put closer to the top 10. Even though I'm not a huge anime fan myself, it's probably one of the best anime movies I've ever seen. So I I, I do think Spirited Away should be higher up. I like Saving Private Ryan. You don't. That's number 27. Spirited Away is 28. Parasite's 29. And The Green Mile is 30. So Parasite and Green Mile would be two I'd have way further up the list. Again, like Green Mile, like, I don't know. 
I also am not a fan necessarily of like nineties films. Right. Like I have a lot of issues yeah. with that decade. Yeah. So. But but you have yeah. to agree that like Parasite being number twenty nine, I would have thought that was higher. Like the fact that the average rank is like eight point five to me is like yeah, it no, I should think, be like, higher. Again, if we're looking at like overall, just in terms of like filmmaking, storytelling, yeah. um, it is better than what's the dumb one they put on here? Well, Shawshank Redemption. Like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting that Parasite is that low. But again, fandom, right? Like, we're looking at a list that that it really is your personal tastes and and interests that that allow you to to rank this. But yeah, I if you and I were to do our own lists, I'd want to do like almost a scorecard system where it's like, okay, you got to rank the film based on storytelling, cinematography, overall filming quality maybe acting like you'd have to categorize it and then maybe like add them up and see kind of where where they hit because some of that might take some personal bias out of it where hey i might not enjoy certain movies over another one like spirited away might not be my type of movie but it would probably still be close to if not in a top 10 if i was like here's like the best films i've ever seen just because it's so well done Based on the way this list is going, I'm surprised that we haven't seen Boondock Saints yet. Uh, it's coming up. I do believe Boondock no, Saints is coming I'm up. I'm not, not surprised. Um, like, so oh, let's move on. Let's move on. So, so number 30, Green Mile. 31, Interstellar. Uh, 32, uh, Leon the Professional. 33, The Usual Suspects. Um, so The Usual Suspects is a movie that I actually have ranked lower than the average. So most people were like, oh, 8.5 and around there. I, I think The Usual Suspects is one of those movies that's completely ruined by knowing the secret and knowing the end of the film, which to me doesn't put, like, doesn't make me think it's, it's a film that tests the end of time. Like, once you know the film, once you, have you seen The Usual Suspects? No, but I know what the real reveal is. Okay, once you know that, there's nothing to this film. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Except, yeah, I'd say the difference is Memento. It's kind of cool the way they try to tell the story. The Usual Suspects, the, it's a mystery. So once you know the mystery, you're you know all the things are. But gone. don't you feel like also when you find out the twist in Memento, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, no need to watch this again. Oh yeah, I don't think Memento has this. Memento has the same rewatchability. Um, as a lot of other but you would, movies. Like, would you rank Memento above The Usual Suspects? No, yes. So, once again, this list is flawed. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, where, um, so, we got The Lion King at 35, Back to the Future at 36, The Pianist at 37, Terminator 2 Judgment Day at 38, American History X at 39, and Modern Times at 40. Like, it blows my mind that American History X is ranked higher than modern times. <laughs> Again, like, older movies, I feel like, get pushed down a bit because of fandom. Like, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, I do think, even objectively, is a very good movie. Even when you cut out the sort of sci-fi fandom thing. I do think there's a lot of, like, really great filmmaking that happens within there. And we know how I feel about Back to the Future. I love that movie. Um... I'm, I am a little surprised that Lion King is this high on the list. I just mean, like, of all the Disney movies, I don't think Lion King's the best Disney movie. 
No, the best Disney movie is um, Aladdin. Aladdin, obviously. <laughs> yeah, like it's first of all, it's obviously Aladdin, um, and the best Disney live action movie was Cinderella. So there you go. Uh, okay, here we go. Gladiator's coming up because 41 is Psycho, uh, 42 Gladiator. That's way lower than I would have expected. Only an average score of 8.5. I would have expected Gladiator to be higher. Um, 43 City Lights from 1931. I have not seen that movie. That's a Chaplin movie. Um, 44 is The Departed. 45, The Intouchables. 46, Whiplash. 47, The Prestige. 48, Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah. I don't know why everyone was obsessed with The Prestige. Okay, so The Prestige, I I think it's, again, I think it's a good movie, but this is Christopher Nolan fandom that's going nuts here. Because this is about the fourth Nolan movie. Yeah. Oh, people, I know people are obsessed with it, and I mean, your your favorite's in it. Um, But. Did you bail? No, uh, uh, ScarJo. Oh. I mean, Christian Bale. I think you actually like. I, I was. I, I was being. I was. No, I was. I was being sarcastic. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I do think Christopher Nolan fandom bumps movies up. I, I like The Prestige. I did. I, I rank it pretty high. I don't. I mean, it wouldn't be again. It wouldn't be in my top ten or twenty. But I like that movie. You. You're not a fan. I don't, know, I don't think it's that great. But it also has the problem of it came out around the same time another magician movie came out, possibly The Illusionist. Yeah, and but The Prestige a, is way better really than The Illusionist. Similar, there's a really similar movie that came out either not, like, if not in 2006, like, very close together. With Edward Norton, so, I think. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah I so, think it's The Illusionist. Come out at the same time. I don't know. I yeah. It it happens a lot (laughs) where you get two of the same type of movie that came out near each other and you don't get it. But but the Prestige, I I do think it's a pretty good movie. Again, is it? Would most of these movies that we've read so far be on like my top list? Probably not. Like maybe a few that I would consider. Like definitely some of the ones that that I just. I really love, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think The Prestige is, is a good movie. 47 is a bit high of all the movies that are on here, because only now, like, if you start looking at the list, now that we're getting past the top 50, we're going to start naming movies that are from, like, the 70s, the 50s, the 40s, like, now it's only starting to get some of the older films, and I think there's a bias against films that are older. Well, people need to wake up and smell the good movies. Well, I think people of a different generation don't, um don't appreciate them to the same way. So Casablanca, number 50. Um, uh, 51, Cinema Paradiso. 52, Rear Window. And I think this might be our first Hitchcock movie. Psycho was our first Oh, Psycho, right. I forgot. It was about 10 up. Okay, so we got, so so Psycho, first Hitchcock movie. Rear Window, which I I love Rear Window. Great movie. Uh, It would probably be right with Psycho up there in, in my list. Uh, Alien at, at 53, 54 is Apocalypse Now, 55, Memento, 56, Raiders of the Lost Ark, first Indiana Jones film I think we've seen here, and, and again, I think Indiana Jones should be represented. Uh, 57, The Great Dictator, 58, Joker, 
59, The Lives of Others, and 60, Django Unchained, which is a movie that I don't like. Everyone else seems to like it. Um, yeah, I mean, Rear Window, great movie. You know, it's, it's, I really do think it should be ranked a little higher. Um, Joker's number 58, Taylor, how do you feel? I mean, I'm surprised. People love People loved it. I'm a little <laughs> surprised that it's only an 8.4. Like, I, I the average score is 8.4. Like, the way this list is going, I would have thought this would be higher up. Oh, I would have thought it would have been Joker 1. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> because people just love Joker. Joker, Fight Club, yeah. Pulp Fiction, one of the Batman movies. Like, that's what I would have thought would be... One of the Batman movies, of, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Avengers. That would have been the top five. We have Based on the way that the we've this yet to have we've yet to have um, a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Um, we you have probably not. Be coming up soon. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I mean, sorry, I'm, we're at sixty. Sixty-one, Paths of Glory from nineteen fifty-seven. Sixty-two, The Shining. Sixty-three, Wall-E. 64, our first Marvel movie, Avengers Infinity War. 65, Sunset Boulevard. 66, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. 67, Princess Monarchy. 68, Doctor Strange Love. 69, uh, Witness for the Prosecution. And 70, Old Boy. Um, so, old Boy should be higher. Yeah, Old Boy, because that's the original. That's 2003's Old Boy, I think should be higher. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, I know you don't like superhero movies, Taylor, but it was a fantastic film, regardless of being a superhero movie, and I think as, as, a, as a film that's, that's animation again, it, it should be up there. It's an animated film that surprised me and shocked me as to how good it was. All right. Um, okay, so number 71, uh, Taylor's big Batman movie, The Dark Knight Rises, comes in at 71. <laughs> <laughs> um, once, Tom Hardy's a good actor. Tom Hardy's a good actor. I didn't. I'm not saying anything against Tom Hardy. Speaking of Tom Hardy, I'm surprised that Fury Road isn't higher up on this list. Uh, yeah. I mean, have we come to it yet? I don't think so. No. No. I wonder if it'll make the top hundred. We're we're about to find out because we're in the home stretch here. Um, seventy two. Once upon a time in America. Seventy three. Avengers Endgame. Seventy four. Aliens. So that's the second to Alien, which we saw earlier. 75, Your Name. 76, Coco. 77, American Beauty. 78, Braveheart. 79, Three Idiots. And 80, Das Boot, a German film. Um, also a very good movie. Das Boot is a good movie. Um, I would have ranked it a little bit higher. I think I have it on my ranking. Um, some good movies in here, like American Beauty is good. Aliens is good. I obviously feel good about the Avengers movies. Um, Dark Knight Rises, um, obviously, I guess it was worth you seeing over the other ones, um, all making a list. But but at least, like, this is where some of these movies being further down, like, yeah, I, I could see that Das Boot being the 80th best movie of all time. Like, that makes sense to me. American Beauty 77, I, I could see that. Braveheart had a lot of really interesting things that were going on with with the actual film and the creation of it. So you can say what you want about the people involved in that movie. The the actual film, the way it was constructed, was very, very interesting. So, again, I, I could see how these would crack late uh, in in the uh, in the list. 
here I am being like, eh. <laughs> yeah, we haven't really. Well, okay. Now, there's a couple here that I, that I got to think that, that you like. So we'll continue on. 81, Toy Story. 82, High and Low from 1963. 83, Like Stars on Earth, 2007. 84, Amadeus. You like Amadeus? I don't remember. I don't remember seeing. I must have seen this. It's Neil Foreman. He's you, a very good director. So you you would like Amadeus if you hadn't if you haven't seen it. I I really think this is a Taylor movie. I think I would because Neil Foreman is a very good director. Yeah. Yeah, Amadeus, well-deserved to be on this list. Again, probably needs to be higher, but it's, higher. it's a great movie. Um, 85, Star Wars uh, Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. 86, Inglorious Bastards, which is probably my favorite Tarantino film. 87, Reservoir Dogs. 88, Goodwill Hunting. 89, um, Capernaum. I've never even heard of that movie. From 2018. Okay, I'm going to have to save that. Uh, and 90, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Now, Goodwill Hunting. Have you seen Goodwill Hunting? No. Okay, also a really, really, really good movie. Goodwill Hunting, in terms of like if we were making a list for like writing, Goodwill Hunting would go on writing for me. Of like, this is, this is something that if, if you're interested in writing, writing in film, writing in, in TV, you should really pay attention to what's going on in Goodwill Hunting. Like, I really, I really like that movie for, for its writing. Fair enough. Any other thoughts from, from that group? No, again, these movies are kind of, we're getting into movies where I'm kind of like, eh. Have you ever like, s seen this this Capronum, the number 89 movie from 2018? I've never even heard of it. It sounds familiar, but I have not seen it. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, it's very recent. I was just, yeah. Um, we'll go final 10 here. Number 91, Requiem for a Dream. 92, Vertigo. 93, 1917, 94, M, 95, Dangle, 96, Internal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, 97, The Hunt, 98, Citizen Kane, 99, Full Metal Jacket, and number 100, Bicycle Thieves. Bicycle Thieves is a good movie. From 1948. Yep, Bicycle Thieves is good. Citizen Kane is, is good. Uh, Internal Sunshine for the, of the Spotless Mind is a really good movie. Um, I really like 1917, so like I, I would definitely put it on a list. Vertigo, also a very, very good movie. Hitchcock. I just feel like I just don't like what other people like. <laughs> I think we're getting we're all getting that sense from from you, Taylor. I think we're we like all I that. don't like what like a lot of these movies to me are like what are on like dude bros like must watch list like Nolan. And, <laughs> and Hamilton. Hamilton. You're gonna show them Hamilton. Yeah. There are some movies that I agree with that are on this list, but shouldn't be that low. Um, yeah, just like I mean, it sounds like you, you would out of the 100. I, it sounds to me like there's only, there's really only 15, 20 on here that it sounds to me like you agree with. Like it was it was yeah. pretty spread out. 
Um, I think I agree with a little bit more, but, but probably only like 30, 35 that should be on here. And again, reordered. Um, you know, that might be something interesting for us to do one time. We're not going to do it today. But it would be interesting for us to really dive in and, and try to come up with, because I think it would actually be really hard to come up with like, what are your top 10 movies? Top, top, top. Yeah, like to, here, here are like the best, you know, the best movies you've seen. Because I, I feel like it would be really tough. This is the sense I get from this list. You've oh, inevitably, I'm sure, in your twenties, you've met that person. In my experience, it's normally boys, but we'll say girls too, who like they're like, I'm a film fan. Here are the top ten movies you have to watch. Right. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, Memento is not on the top ten movies I have to watch. No. No, I would agree with that. No, I so would like, agree. Like, if we're, yeah, like, Leon the Professional. Like, Boondock Saints would be on that, that dude's list. Like, you go to a caker, and you meet someone in your 20s, and they're like, oh, you like movies, I like movies, you know, have you seen, I have you, I'm trying to find a random one. Have you found, have you watched Goodfellas? <laughs> yeah, like, Goodfellas is, like, the thing. Yeah. Right, yeah. like, oh, have you seen, have you, I can't even find another stupid example but like oh let's get high and talk about the matrix yeah like this is the sense of the list that i i think get. the matrix is the best example because i'll say that like that was the first one that to me is like in a like at least i can understand why people like a lot of these movies and again this is all based on user ranking so i understand why people rank some of these high but the matrix is the first like at number 16 is the first like egregious one where i'm like okay the matrix was all right I think it was a decent movie, but it wasn't incredible. And, like, if, like, if I always, all along have said, like, like what you like and it doesn't matter, it's not going to impact how, like, I like my movies, whatever. But if we're, like, ranking this on, like, these are, you know, I really like this movie, so I'm going to give it, like, 9.3 out of 10, you're telling me that Shawshank Redemption is your favorite movie. Yeah. Like, out of every, like, that's what, like, I don't, to me, this list is, like, performative in the sense that people picking movies they think that are going to make them look good. Yeah, and and like, that's the thing, like, maybe right now, just very, very quickly, what would you, like, if you were to rank a cut, like, maybe go go quickly to the top ten, Taylor, like, of the movies you've seen, what would you rank them out of ten? Out of, like, out of the, like, the... the List. No, like each, like each of the movies you've seen, like if you were, if you had to scale um, from one to ten, like you, I mean, Shawshank Redemption, would you give it a five? Would you give it a six? Because like the average rating is nine point six, so I'm just curious where you would, where that would fall for you in comparison. I would give it like a seven. Like a seven? Like to me, these movies aren't necessarily bad movies. I just can't believe that, like, out of a hunt, like out of you know, you. A hundred movies, and someone picks Twelve Angry Men as like number five. Yeah, like, just, you know what I mean. Like it just that to me is, and like I know if I was to make a list of my top one hundred movies, I would probably pick like my favorite movies as well. Sure, but like at least I could like justify it, right? Yeah, like, well, that's the thing. That's kind of that's kind of the point in bringing that up is because if you would rank Shawshank a seven, you're so far off the user ranking that it wouldn't even be in your top 100. Yeah. Right? Like Which is probably fair. The Green Mile is someone's favorite movie. Like, 
like, have you only seen five movies in your life? Oh, yeah. In order to make it on this list, it would have to be someone's, like, a lot of people's favorite movies. Like, they'd have to be a lot of ten rankings. And that's why, like, I can just, like, to me, Gladiator would make more sense. Like, I can't believe someone picked Green Mile over Gladiator. So, on IMDb, you can show what your rankings were next to the, the users. So, of the top ten movies, only two of them do I rank a ten. Out out of out of ten, so that I mean that even shows you that like I like this list a little bit more than you do, but it's I'm still off from from what other people are are saying. Like I'm still off from the rankings. So yeah, you're you're right. Like that someone like Shawshank Redemption has to be a lot of people's favorite movie for it to be number one on this list. Like a lot. I just cannot believe that. Yeah. Like did you stop watching movies after 1997? <laughs> yeah. Like that's like that's. And I think giving it a seven is like a fair ranking for that movie. Yeah, like it's an okay movie. Yeah, yeah, and that's what a seven ranking is. Yeah, it's good. It was all right. You know, I enjoyed myself. It was fine. I'm moving on with my life, <laughs> which is interesting to kind of to kind of look at that. Yeah. This has been kind of a fun. I know this was a little long, and I know this is a bit of a longer episode for people um, on the podcast. But I, I kind of like that we did this just because it's interesting to to remind ourselves of of really the the first of all the wide range of movies that are out there, but the but other people's opinion and how it really does differ. Because as you continue down the list, because the page I'm on goes you know the top 250. That's when we start to get into movies that I think are more that we talk about a lot, that we've seen at the screening room and reviewed and really liked, like, you really start to get some of those movies and a lot of older films once you get past the top 100. But, it, I mean, this top list really skews toward modern movies, a lot from the 90s, which I think also has a nostalgia factor to it, um, and a lot of fandom movies, like The Dark Knight being number four. It's a fandom pick. Yeah. There's so many fans For around sure. it, you know? Like, so in the 100 list, Fury Road did not come up. Nope. Fury Road's not on there. Nope. So shocking. Nope. Fury Road is not on there. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else super shocking that I would have thought would have been on there, um, but isn't. I'm a little surprised that some of the other classics from like the '80s didn't didn't make it up there. Like I think there's only one or two um, from from Indiana Jones because like those types I know like the 80s has a lot of nostalgia to it as well and I would have thought some of those movies would have been higher or more represented it's a lot from the 90s yeah I know and to me the 90s like I like 90s comedy and um, like 1999 was a really good year for film yeah but like by and large I don't like the genre of 90s films yeah. Um, and I can kind of get into it on a dip. We don't have time, but there was a major shift in um, studio film um, during the 80s, and it, like, really solidified in the 90s, and that's why we have people like Spielberg um, making movies and, like, becoming an auteur in the 90s, and Spielberg is really indicative of these structural changes in Hollywood. Yeah. And so... I just don't, I'm not a fan of that type of movie making. No. Um, and that's kind of what characterized 90s films. And <laughs> so I think... That's probably another reason why I don't like this one. I think somewhere down the line, um, you, you will come up with some sort of system to do some rankings. Because I would just be interested in not only like, okay, favorite movies 
of ours, but I would like to see what, what both of us think and put out a little list of like, here, here's what we think are just the, the best movies in terms of actually the craft of filmmaking. That would be a really interesting exercise to dive into, even separating it to being, here, here's the top 10 for, for reasons of character. Here's the top 10 for storytelling. Here's the top 10 for cinematography. Here's the top 10 for, for production, just because there's so much to go into a movie that I, I think there's, there's a lot to kind of dissect in there. That might be interesting to talk about eventually. We'll get to it. Yeah, well, <laughs> we have 100 more episodes ahead of us. That's the plan. Uh, but that brings us to the end. This this was our 100th episode, extra long for those of you on the podcast, and hopefully some of you from CFRC came over to listen to the rest of the episode. But thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I mean, there's so many people that, that we want to just give a shout-out to all of our fans, for everyone for writing in today, but also writing in in general. You make this worthwhile every week, so... We just want to thank you for, for that and keeping keeping us going and keeping us energized. Um, and thank you, Taylor, for always being here and for diving into this, even though we didn't really know each other and just knew we both wanted to talk about movies, and we just kind of dove into it. And here we are two years down the road with 100 episodes at, you know, down and hopefully 100 more to go. And thanks, Mike, for uh, having me because... Could have booted me a long time ago. I, I could have, but you know, I I, I did the did the Nelson ratings, and you you rated high enough, other than Erica bringing your score down. So you know, I decided, hey, we'll keep her. I test well. Tests well. Ninety-eight uh, percent of the people uh, love you, so that's that's great. You'll have me around. Yeah, it's good. that's exactly it. I'll, have, I'll keep you around. Uh, keep us sane here. But thank you again, everybody, and and we hope that you uh, keep listening to to our podcast. Go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.